This episode of the Off Course Podcast is sponsored by Titleist. The TSR offers an impressive selection across the entire spectrum of skill and speed. Each head is customized for a certain player in mind and solves for issues like too much spin, not enough consistency, and not enough speed. Take some time to learn about the different driver and fairway wood options that could propel your long game forward at Titleist.com. THP Radio on the Hackers Paradise Podcast Network, your number one source for all things golf. Subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hello, you golfing legends, and welcome back to another episode of the original Off Course. I'm your host, Dan Edwards, and joining me this week is none other than the Akushnet legend himself, Josh Talgi. Josh, welcome back. Legend. Well, it's a, it's a lot to live up to, Dan, but it is great to see you, buddy. Always fun to spend time together. Uh, it's always great. You know, we, we get it all in. We, we talk about poutine. We talk about the Reds. Every Everything, uh, whether it's Cincy-based or Canada-based, we'll, we'll get into it today. Love it. I do like that the, the pre-show, the green room, is a little bit longer than most guests when you come on. <laughs> we, we've got loads to talk about. Uh, and we can certainly kick it off with something everyone's discussing right now who doesn't hate baseball, which is the madness that is the Cincinnati Reds, the same Cincinnati Reds whose player or fan base were ready to riot uh, relatively recently at ownership for a total lack of interest in propelling the team forward monetarily. Ooh, that yeah, was heavy. I mean, this time last year, in the spring of last year, it sure seemed like, like the Reds had just kind of given up, right? And now you look at what's going on, and as, as a former Cincinnatian, uh, I'm, I'm not originally from there, but spent quite a bit of time living there uh, and grew very fond of the Reds. Uh, it's great to see. What an exciting young team, just an electric atmosphere, great winning streak this year. But uh, but obviously the Reds are, are doing stuff that, that's got everybody excited, not only in Cincy, but I think broadly people are, are seeing what, you know, uh, L.A. De La Cruz is doing and, and others where it's just there's there's excitement and energy from the Reds. And I know how much fun it is to be in Cincy when the Reds are rocking. So I can only imagine how much fun you're having. So, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, my kids having way more fun than I am because my my Blue Jays are sort of underperforming at this point of the year. But uh, I think last weekend it was Taylor Swift and the uh, first place Reds and the first place Cincinnati FC Cincinnati soccer team were all playing in one night. And they're they like, oh, you going down to the game tonight? I was like, I'm staying so far away from that city. <laughs> but apparently they got it done. And uh, it, I guess it was a pretty good time to be around the city. So that's cool. It, it's nice to see good things happening here. Love it. Yeah, the summer <laughs> of Cincy. Hey, I got to know, man, how is your golf game? My golf game, it's okay. For uh, I, I don't know if you're ever going to find a golfer who's like, oh, man, my game's so good right now. Uh, but uh, – I've been Only the don't have to prove it. That's <laughs> yeah. We're we're in the process of introducing new irons to to a lot of ambassadors, and so in doing such, you get a chance to hit product a little bit more than than usual. And it's always fun when you've got something new in your bag. I I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I bet a lot of people are listening to you. Which is anytime something new is in your bag, you just you feel like you want to go out and play a little bit more. You want to try a couple different things um, just to see what you can push on. And, and oh, I'm yeah. in that space right now and, and having a blast doing it. So give us a little bit of an idea on what your world's like when new product comes out, because you're directly involved with a great deal of that, especially the message that comes out to 
uh, uh, schmucks like me and the other guys on THP are just just waiting to gobble it up. So you do have new irons. You guys haven't said a ton about it yet, but there is info coming, and it, I'm going to assume in the next uh, month or so, maybe we'll we'll know an awful lot more. Um, but what does your world look like when something like this drops? So my, I, I don't know if we ever talked about this yet. My my job is about fifty percent what you would think of as a classical marketer, where we're talking about what's the messaging, what's the promotion, what are we doing to get the golf world excited about new products. And then the other half is really product management, which is deciding and helping our teams understand like who's our consumer and what are the insights we have and what do we want our future products to look like. And I love being able to have both of those things be part of my role because it, it gives me a chance to see where are things going in the future. Uh, and so when it's time to launch a product, like where we are right now in the iron space, it's it's like, you know, having a kid, right? It, it's an awesome feeling, but I've been part of this for a long time um, and, and really excited. Our teams get really excited about this part, but the, you know, like the marketing teams, the sales teams, they're all ramped up now, but the R&D team, they're off to the next thing. So Marty Inez and crew, they're meeting with JJ and I asking for, early feedback we're hearing on irons. What should we do different next time? What are platforms we should be looking at? What are little tweaks we should be making? And they're thinking about where do we go for the next irons launch and the next one after that. Um, and so it's it's this, <laughs> this, this really neat roller coaster of excitement about what's coming out right now. And then also this you know vision of where are we going in the future, which you got to kind of pick which one gets you more ramped up? Is it today's work or is it tomorrow's, you know, vision? Um, and I, I'm really fortunate to be in a position where I could see both. And we've got such a great team here balancing both of those. But right now we're in the place where we've started to launch on tours. So our global tours are almost all launched. We have a couple in Asia that are still launching this month. But you've started to see these new irons, the new T-Series, whether it's T100, T150, T200, T350 out on tour. You're starting to see that in the social channels. And now we've started working with ambassadors and working with key media members so they can get fit and get to see these things. And then as we get into August, we'll really start to open that up for all of our all of our fans, all the titles fans to come out and be able to get fit for product. So it's um, we're, we're rolling right now. And in fact, speaking of Green Room, Dan, we were just talking about that you went ahead and got a fitting just last week. I did, yeah. And, and I want to mention, I think it's great how tour centric these irons seem to be uh, but i i get to experience and shout out to rod and tim up there in columbus for for uh entertaining me or me entertaining them for an afternoon i'm not really sure which one it was but yeah it was it was exciting to see the change and and i remember you guys do and, and i i i don't know if you still do them but you had the the is it titles thursdays is that they're called yeah we did uh, for Back a long time we had a, yeah. a program called titles thursdays where at, so at, yeah, public so, places you could come and, and, and get fit. Now we've, we we expanded beyond Thursdays. Turns out that we have more yeah. demand than one day a week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my comment there was, I, I remember going back and doing that, being so glad that there was something like that available to everyone. Um, and I remember back in the, the, at that time, there was still AP. Uh, so I think back of the progression of the set. And, and I think when a lot of people look at the AP series, they think of Spieth because he had a couple really delightful years with those specific irons. Um, and then you begin to see the progression into T-Series and now this updated iteration of T-Series. First of all, 
I think they look fantastic. I, I would imagine anyone who wants to see them can probably see them if they don't spend too much time looking, aka go to your Instagram. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and you can even visit uh, Tylus.com. We've got we've got okay. some some pretty images of the product up, or certainly any of our social channels. Uh, you can't miss them right now. But but the the ID for these irons was really inspired by the fact that you mentioned too authentic. We we focus. We start with who are the best players in the world and how do we work with them and gain their insights. And even from a visual standpoint, from a Viz ID, we wanted to look at everything born of kind of an MB. And if you look at our muscle backs today, it just has one word on there, and that's Titleist, right across the muscle. And we thought, boy, if we could do that across the rest of our product line, what a great way to really showcase this tour authentic nature that we have, even if you're getting that in a game improvement iron like a T350. And then, I, I, you know, I, I, we've mentioned this before. One of the roles of my team is to to read everything and to listen to everything that it, it, that happens in the golf space. And the team at the Hackers Paradise, you guys give us great feedback. We read. Like when we post, hey, here's new spy picks or here's this, we pay attention to what the comments are. And one of the big things we knew that the community was looking for from Titleist was how do we make it really, really clean? And so as we briefed in, our, our design teams, that was really one of the key words was, and we want to be kind of like a kind of classic, if you will, like this idea of showcase Titleist. That's what you're playing. At the end of the day, if someone says, what irons are you playing? They're not really asking for the model as much as they are. They want to hear the brand you're playing. And certainly for Titleist, we're about our brand. Uh, and then the second part is, how do we make it look really clean, make it look really elegant, uh, where it feels like almost like an expensive piece of jewelry, where, where it's just got enough, but not too much where you're, you're feeling like it's too busy. Yeah, walking through the different iron sets, what I loved about it is those little things you don't notice at first glance that when you take a deeper dive or have someone explain to you what's going on, uh, I'll just generally say, and, and I'm trying to dance it around because I know we're not trying to go super deep into tech, but when you start to talk about where the weight was moved from or replaced or adjusted to, and it makes perfect sense based on the type of iron we're looking at. Uh, that was really fascinating to me. And, and I and I say that not because it hasn't been done before, but it's just done in a very classic way with T-Series. And I really appreciated that, especially going from 1 to 150 to 250. It was it was really, really obvious there that a yeah. lot of attention was paid. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, you know, you brought up 150, one of the reasons why we created that new uh, that new product was you, you said AP2s earlier and, and you referenced Jordan Spieth or other players. When we brought out T100, the goal for T100 was never to be another AP2. It was to be what's the modern tour iron. And it's, it's done phenomenal, right? When we look at our tour counts, T100 is, is played by more touring professionals than any other iron on the planet, right? So it's, it's great. But as you start to come down in, in talent level, and even some tour pros would say things like, well, I just, I just feel like it's a little small. It just looks a little small. And we had so many players who played AP2s, certainly in the amateur ranks, uh, like yourself, uh, that, that just kind of yearned for just a little bit more size. Not a ton, just a little. So when you look at T100, T150, and T200, what you'll notice the blade lengths of those three irons are all the same. The offsets are all the same. But the difference is going to be in the top lines and in the sole width. But that helps us just a, a little bit give you that forgiveness that players will be looking for and give you that visual confidence that some players are looking for as well. So what iPhone and, and 
can I, can I go into a little bit of what I experienced? Yeah, please. Yeah. This, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm more excited to listen to your fitting. Okay. Than you try to awesome. Chill irons right now. I don't. I don't want to do that. So I did. I did offer up a little bit of a preview on THP, but is more in text. So uh, I know it's easier to understand what someone's trying to get get through when they when they use actual voice and uh, and words to describe it. So. Uh, what I what I thought was really fascinating is how quickly I fell into the preferred iron I wanted to use, mm. um, and it's not necessarily based on the the quality of the others or the variance in the others. What I noticed was just immediately out of the gates was that T100 is an absolute brute. It is a beautiful, powerful machine that drives through the ball and the turf with relative ease, and, and promotes pretty much everything you'd expect and when i was hitting specifically the pitching wedge what i liked about it a lot was i felt like it really would have measured up to my sm9 50 degree like i felt like that would be a really simple transition between the two um when i switched to 150 it would it honestly man it's like putting the right glove on you know uh, <laughs> like yeah. I, I love how how much turf interaction i had with the 100s being a little bit of a steeper player and when I switched to the 150, that turf interaction just became perfect. It was like just enough ground. It was making the right sound. It sounded as good, if not potentially better than 100. Like everything really just fell in line. And I thought that was super cool. I love that. Well, and, and Dan, one of the things that when we talk about iron performance, we use these, we have these three Ds where it comes to iron performance and fitting. And the first D is distance, right? We want consistent carry distance. And the way we measure that is we want to have five mile hour ball speed gaps, iron to iron. So we'll come back to that in a second. The second D is really tight dispersion. How do we get you closer to your target more often? And the third one is how do we give you a steep descent angle? How do we get that ball coming out of the sky steep enough so that it's going to stay on greens? And those three Ds are really, really key to iron performance. Sometimes we joke that the, the easier way or the best way if you were to really judge an iron performance would be to only hit at Island Greens, right? Where short is bad, long is bad, left is bad, right is bad. And if you hit the green, but it rolls over, it's still bad. And, but it, you know, obviously that's not possible. We can't fit everybody on an Island Green, but we do have TrackMan and we're able to see those things. But as we start to look for those three Ds and the five mile hour ball speed gaps between product, what we realize is that every player, whether it's Justin Thomas or Max Homa or Dan Edwards, is going to hit a certain point in their bag where they are not going to be able to deliver those three Ds with the five mile hour of ball speed. And that that is the breaking point where we have to say, okay, you can no longer keep this set of irons. Now we have to do something different. That something different might be a different iron style, a chassis. It might be a going to a hybrid or a utility or a high loft fairway, whatever it is. But that break occurs in everybody's bag. And that's one of the things that we want to really emphasize as we're doing iron fits is don't just get fit with a seven iron. Take the time to get fit with a seven iron. Understand where does your iron stop? What's the last iron you can play of your seven iron type iron? And then what's the last iron in your bag before we move into some sort of a, a metal wood? Yeah. I, I like that we started with pitching wedge. Uh, I, I also like that we challenged bringing clubs back in throughout the fit. Uh, it wasn't like the 100 was done and gone after I hit the 150 pitching wedge and was like, all right, this is the, this is the one, you know? <laughs> so we get to like a seven art and now we're trying the 100 again. 
but we're also now trying the 200 and the 350 just to get a better understanding. I think there was shared agreement that I would be more in line with like a 150 or a 100 in the lower iron. So we didn't spend a lot of time with 350. And I think there's a little bit that goes in that fitting process to support that. Uh, but I really liked and and shout out to your Ohio guys, because they definitely subscribe to that. We talked a lot about descent angle, a lot about gapping between our shots uh, and a lot about consistent performance as we go through, uh, which which I thought was great. And and as we dug through the bag, it was pretty clear that 150 was really performing all the way up to I actually started hitting the five iron and we introduced the 200. Um yeah. And, and I was really surprised at how easy the 200 was to hit uh, in, a, in a package that didn't sound totally different from the 150, which I think is an upgrade for you guys. Uh, Massive, yeah. And in, in a very solid um, uh, package as well. Like, I, I think I read a little bit of criticism about the way it was designed, and it sounds like it's a, a singular piece all connected at this point, so it sounds phenomenal uh, no matter where it is touching whatever part of the golf ball. Um, but what we realized was going from the five, and this is where I really, really enjoyed your fitting process and where I think people will gain a lot from it. It seemed like the idea of a blend wasn't, should we blend? It was an inevitable perspective of when should yeah. we blend, um, which I really like. So we're hitting fives with the, uh, the 200 and we're measuring those distances up against my six mm -hmm. uh, saying, do we want the gap of a because I was crushing the five, like easy two fifteen plus carry, and there was a is a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a gap between the six and the five compared to the six and the seven. So we talked a lot about it, and they said, "All right, let's hit the one fifty. And as it turns out, I actually hit the one fifty five iron really well, also. So Rod, being the genius that he is, says, "Why don't we gap that at the four iron?" Because I was determined to have something really easy to hit at the top of the bag as compared to the rest of my irons. It's how I like to play. Mm -hmm. um, so we collectively agreed that was the best place to gap because there would be still genuine scoring opportunities between six and five iron. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to talk about how easy that is to do when you go to a, a fitting. But the, the good news is for everybody listening is we're going to make that available to everyone. So not only if you come to a Titleist fitting, which we'd love to, we'd love to host you, you know, titleist.com, look up fittings, see where they're available in your area. But if you go to any of our fitting partners, even our, our you know, large retail partners like a Golf Galaxy or PGA Tour Superstore, all of our partners are going to have long iron packs to be able to do that work to allow you to test, to see like, okay, when, when can, in your case, Dan, when can you, when do you stop with 150? Is it at the six iron? Is it the five iron? Is it the four iron? And whenever that break comes in, then what do we put in its place? Um, I don't know if Rod told you, but when we fit our our sales team, it was really interesting to see how many of them in the, in the long iron ended up going with T350 with a game mm. improvement iron. Um, they, they Apparently, they're, they're working too hard to not play a lot of golf. So um, they need a little bit more forgiveness at the top end of their bag. But it was great to be able to see so many golfers have a mixed bag approach because that's what we see with the best players in the world. Over 80% of PGA Tour pros have a mixed iron set. So why wouldn't the rest of us do that? It turns out one of the reasons was we hadn't done a great job educating all of our fitting partners and teams how to do this, and we hadn't given them the right tools. So now we're taking care of both of those things. 
they'll have the right tools. We would encourage everybody go have the exact same experience that Dan just had. Um, I think you're going to find it really rewarding. I have, I have a very similar bag makeup to you, Dan. Um, we didn't talk about this before, but I'm also doing T150 up through five iron. And then I have a T200 four iron. Nice. Um, I keep the same shaft uh, as, as in my, as in my irons. Uh, but the, just the little bit of a chassis change gives me a little bit more height. It gives me a little bit more speed and it gives me the gap that I need going from five to four that wasn't there if I would have stuck with T150. Yeah. And that was the big conversation for us was what situations do you put in the four iron? And, and for me, that's, there are a couple holes on my golf course that require that kind of shot. I don't need a ton of distance accuracy. What I need is straight line distance and obviously you will get more of that from a more forgiving iron in just about every scenario, especially if you hit it like garbage, which I, not that we would or anything like that, but uh, you know, it, it happens. Um, and, and I didn't want to totally separate 350. Uh, we just didn't spend a, a, a great deal of time about it because I found the other two to be in a much stronger window for me and what I look for in an iron. Um, it was actually interesting The the other, gentleman who was there getting fit at the same time did get fit into 350 and was super excited about it <laughs> so it was cool to to kind of eavesdrop a little bit and, and hear what's going on on the other side of the of the uh of the line and, and and just seeing there's a lot of nice versatility but the one thing we haven't spent a ton of time talking about is you've created irons that have a very consistent sound structure and yes. I think that is massively critical when you start to talk about blending products. Um, the last thing you want to do is have, in my perspective as a golfer, the last thing I want in my bag is to look at two irons and say, well, I'm going to hit this one because it sounds better. It is easier to hit it, et cetera. That, at that point, I feel like it's a flawed blend. You want to look at both of them and say, what do I need most? What number do I need? And that's the iron I'm going to hit. Yeah, when we talked to Marty Inez and team on, on irons, Marty, Marty heads up the iron development team. I don't know how many times you said the word feel, but feel is definitely the biggest focus we have when it comes to irons. Uh, you know, we, we talked about those 3Ds and that's how we want to judge things. So certainly that goes into what does performance look like, but then feel component is massive. And the feel is not only your turf interaction, uh, it's both that, physical and audible response that you're getting from what is the product doing at impact? And, and we look at all of that. And I thought it was really interesting. Somebody asked, Marty and I were together a couple of weeks ago in an event and someone asked him about materials and, and I'll paraphrase here. They just said, Hey, if someone uses really, really soft materials, does that mean you're going to have a really soft feeling iron? And Marty laughed and he's like, you could give me the harshest feeling metal and I can engineer a way to make that feel great. He's like, engineering is so much more important than the physical metal itself when it comes to feel. Now, the physical metal itself can give you a lot of different types of, of, of you know, response and performance needs that you already have or that you might be seeking. But the actual feel component of it is much more about engineering. And so I'm excited to see what Marnie and team have got coked up for us as we, as we move forward into where do we see the future of fuel continuing to go. We're, we're uh, I think we're doing a really good job now and it's, it's only going to get better. But as you mentioned, both T200 and T350 massive leaps forward where I think they're, they're in a best in class area in their, in their categories. Do you have just a generalized perspective on what you think is going to sell the most? 
Wow, it's so player um, so player dependent. Uh, right now, a lot of the players we're seeing are obviously touring professionals and really talented amateur players. So we've seen a lot of 100s, we've seen a lot of 150s, and then we see a lot of T200s and long irons and some T350s and long irons. But I think that'll start to, to merge as we start getting further down kind of the pyramid, if you will, of, of players. Um, I, what I love about it is I hope that what we see is tons of mixed sets. And so it's, that it'll be really hard to say, oh, this is the number one seller because it won't really be that. It'll be like, well, yeah, I have this iron in my bag and this one and this one. So I got, I got three different ones in my bag um, and I love them all. That That's really the goal that we have. Uh, but but right now, I think 150 and 200 are the top two in, in fittings we've seen thus far uh, with amateur players. And then from a professional standpoint, T100 is, is a monster. Um, yeah. It is, as you described, it just, for, for any really good ball striker, boy, it looks like an MB, feels like a CB, and flies like a game improvement iron. It is... It is yeah. It's as close to cheating as you can get at a professional level. Yeah. It's it's until you get to that point where you need a little bit of support, like like the rest of us plebs, that uh, you actually need to <laughs> look at 150 or better. Yeah. And I think 150 <laughs> gives you the best combination of that look and feel of a T100, but gives you a little bit more forgiveness. It gives you a little bit more speed. And then T200, I, I often describe it's kind of for the greedy golfer. It's for the guy who wants it all. Um, the, the player who, who really wants speed and distance and forgiveness, but they want it in this beautiful package and it feels great. And, and that's been the easiest one to see changes on tour where we immediately hand that to some a player who's been playing that long irons or utility irons and they put it in instantly because it's giving them all the speed launch and spin that they're looking for, but in this feel that they just love. And then T350, I think, is going to change everybody's opinion on what a game improvement iron can be. Because it is, it is beautiful. It plays spectacular, uh, and it feels great. So I can't wait to get more of those in the hands of of, of that target golfer. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit about TSR drivers too, because uh, I'm not sure if we did speak about it last time you were on, but I believe since then the one has been added to the to the stable, uh, which was a very, I think, intentionally poorly kept secret that it was coming. Oh, definitely but, not a secret. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what I mean. Like, it was like, yeah, it's coming. Just be patient, kind of thing. So, it's been great for us. Uh, yeah. TSR1 really, you know, there are so many golfers. And, and just as a quick reminder for everybody listening, we, we try to keep it as simple as we can when it comes to positioning. So, TSR1 is, is really for golfers who don't have a lot of speed. And, and we want to give them a, a lightweight setup that's going to help them gain launch and gain spin because spin is actually lift that they need. Um, and, and be a little bit draw bias. So, so TSR1 is for players who have moderate to slower swing speeds. TSR2 is for any golfer who hits it all over the club face, right? We, we know a lot of those guys. Uh, any player. Can raise your hand? I'll raise my hand. Hey. <laughs> okay. Um, I typically play a TSR3 because I'm, I'm more. So then we go to TSR3. TSR3 is, is more consistent on your impact location, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in the center. So I typically play a TSR three because I'm center to toe. I, I I can't remember the last time I hit a golf ball in the heel of a driver. It just does not happen for me. Um, I wish it would, but it doesn't. But having TSR three allows us to then line up kind of our impact location with the CG movable weight that we have and, and really give you great performance. 
And then as we go to TSR4, it's really for people that struggle with spin. If you've got spin rates over 3,000, TSR4 is the first thing that we're going to look at for you. And, you know, that typically is a lot of players who have a lot of speed or who are down on it or are both. And, Dan, that's why TSR4 is great for you. But having having those four different options really helps us. And I'm sure you get it. I get it a lot where people will just ask me, which one should I play? So I describe those options. I'm like, well, which person are you? And then right away I said, please just go get a fitting. Just visit Titleist.com, figure out where to go get fit, because then we're not guessing anymore. We can really know. You can get a launch monitor. You can see firsthand where are you. Because I'll, I'll run into players, and maybe you just stand, that, that have been told, you know, boy, low spin in a driver, low spin in a driver, low spin in a driver. And then you start to see them, and you see the ball just go, right? And they don't have enough spin. And you're just like, yeah, we got to give you more spin more often because spin is lift. And in some cases, spin is forgiveness to a certain point. And then it starts to really kind of negatively impact you. So it's just really important to get in front of a trained professional with a launch monitor and a whole bunch of tools because then they can they can put you in what's right for you. Yeah. I, one of the things I wanted to mention is you you guys have some awesome material on your website that I think people should take some time to look at if they are interested in your drivers, especially because it does do a nice job, not just from a video perspective, but also from a text perspective and explaining this is who this driver's designed for. Uh, try not to ignore that the next time you you your friend in the bag happens to have a TSR4 and you're like, oh, I'd love to try the new Titleist driver. Uh, I happen to have TSR4 in the bag with a fairly stiff shaft uh, with the intent of reducing spin. And, and I'm always very leery of allowing friends to hit it, not because I'm worried about them you know, waving high at the, the top of the driver. But in reality, I think it's in a lot of cases, I'm I'm a bit unique, and I don't really fit the the neutral mold. So they see one plummet out of the sky, and they're like, "Oh, it's not for me." And like, when in reality, the one could be for them, the two could be for them, exactly. Be for them. Well, and, and that's the whole thing is TSR four isn't for them. Right? Yeah, they, yes. they need that spin, and and that's why we've got that's why we got the four models. No different than as you look across the rest of our lineup, we've got the different models we have in irons because there's different golfers that need different performance. And as we said before, they might need that same performance, just at different parts of their bag. And you think about Vokey wedges. There's a reason we've got 27 different, you know, bouncing grind combinations. Is because different golfers need different type of performance. Uh, and and Dan, we didn't really didn't really hit on wedges, but I just I just said it kind of remind myself is there's no better time to look at your wedge setup than when you go for an iron fitting as well. Yes. Yeah. Two things that we notice a lot are number one, players have got really old wedges. And what does really old mean? Well, anytime you get to the point where you think about replacing the grip on your wedge, don't do that. Just get a new wedge. The face is just as gone as your grip is, and you're losing spin. You're losing control. And, and those are the two things that you should really focus on when it comes to a wedge. Is you need that you need that spin for for flight, and you need that spin for control around the greens. Why do you keep talking into my soul today? I don't think it's fair. Like I'm, I'm about to change the grips on my Vokies, and you're. You're oh no! Like, don't, don't do yeah, it. No, no, it's time. No, don't. Please, it, 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 we've got math behind all of this. Where uh, we've looked at it, where it's about seventy-five rounds on average. If you practice a little bit, where you start to see this pretty big spin degradation. But a lot of golfers, math isn't a fun thing to think about. So we've just kind of coined this phrase of just like, "Hey, when it's time to replace the grip, it's time to replace the wedge." Yeah. Um, and and so you, you're probably at that. Um, given one that you're a little steep. And, and two, you like to play some golf and you like to travel to play a little bit as well. And so, well, in Cincinnati, you're going to have soft conditions as you start to get into 
more sandy conditions, that's going to wear the face as well. And I should point out for, for any, any Vokey Wedge fans that Vokey Wedges, we believe they last longer than anyone else's. This is just, this is a wedge category thing that they, that the grooves wear, not a Vokey thing. Um, but it, it's, it's something to be smart about. And certainly again, as you go get fit, your fitter is going to walk you through that and take a look and, and kind of give you that inspection. I, I want to challenge you a little bit today on your golf ball lineup because I feel like it is expanding rather rapidly uh, and yet slowly at the same time. You have some really awesome products both at the top and I would say in the middle of your lineup as well uh, that, that quite a few people are very interested in at, at price points that really work for them. Um, for me specifically, I, I think I had really honed in on the AVX for a long time and, mm. and looking for something with that lower spin option. Yeah. Uh, and then my last two fittings, the, the guys politely reminded me that I do really well on the left or uh, yeah, left dot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you like, what are we doing here with left dot and how can I get like 50 dozen? <laughs> well, well, we'll put in a call to the golf ball team. Uh, yeah. you, are, you are someone who, who plays a lot. You're, you're certainly someone that we would, consider uh, an influencer out there that we'd love to have be part of this. But, but I think probably as you think about the golf ball lineup, the golf ball team does such a great job of making it simple and easy for people to understand. And they look at flight, feel, and spin. And what are the differences between the lineups? And so if we go from, we're just going to, let's go from low to high, right? So AVX is low spin, low launch. From a feel standpoint, it's very soft. Then you go up, next up would be probably one left dot. Again, rather low ball flight, lower spin, but a little bit more than, than AVX, but lower than Pro V1. Then you go to Pro V1, right? Pro V1 is, is, is you're right down the middle, probably going to fit the majority of, of golfers that are out there. Mid ball flight, mid spin, really good feel. Then you go Pro V1X. Pro V1X is going to fly a little bit higher. It's going to spin a little bit more. This is this is one of the commonalities that, that, that Jeremy Stone and team talk about all the time, which is, we laugh when we when we run into players and we say, "Hey, you should be playing Pro V1X." And it's generally people who don't have a lot of speed. They don't. They're not carrying the ball up a long distance. And as soon as you say you should be playing Pro V1X, they're like, "No, no, no, I'm not a tour pro. I'm I'm not a Pro V1X person." And precisely because of that is why they should be playing the X. So anyone who's got moderate speed um, that isn't you know holding greens or or immediately getting that that you know it's not landing and stopping instantly. Boy, give Pro V1X a try. It's, it's, it's a terrific golf ball. And then as we keep going up the ladder, uh, a Pro V1X left dash flies a little bit higher than Pro V1X uh, and is a low spin option there as well. So you've got these great windows of flight field spin uh, that exist. And so I think we've got a golf ball for everybody. But in, in your case, uh, left eye has been very popular. Um, but as you know, we've been, we've been focused on getting Pro V1 and Pro V1X uh, in, into the marketplace and making sure that when anyone goes into their local golf shop, they can find those first. Um, and, and our business has been doing great. We're, we're adding uh, capacity to be able to make sure that we can get to those other products uh, and, and be able to supply those, those needs as is. So it is interesting being a member of a private golf course and, and what a thrill that is. We also have Heather that's uh, well above my belly button in, in height right now. So oh, it's, wow. it's a bit of a golf ball repository and by that i mean a pro v1 repository yeah uh, <laughs> it feels like some slow rounds yeah, yeah. uh 
Uh, no, actually, we have a local rule there because of the adjustments to the USGA. And, and I was a big part of establishing it where we marked all of our heather as uh, penalty areas. So you can drop without going back to the tee. Oh, uh, fantastic. Our pace of play there is four hours and 15 minutes, and we play yeah. it very seriously. <laughs> so anyways, long story short, it is funny how you get into that header and you can see the quality of a golf ball fairly easily. Now I don't necessarily recommend you see one that looks like it's been used a little bit. Like, Oh, I'll just put it in the bag. It'll work just as well as all the other ones. But I've un- unintentionally become a bit of a pro V one guy this year. Cause I found so many of them and they're so clean. Yeah. Uh, but by well, that's also- a good, that, I mean, knowing your game, that's a good golf ball for you. I, I do agree with the fitters that that left dot is because of your, high ball flight and your higher spin rates left out would be something that, that when we've got, you know, availability of that product, um, we'd love to have you in. But I think what you're mentioning is this idea of, you know, b- before, you know, we ever got into golf, you know, working in the golf industry, it always felt like you could open up a, a ball pocket and find 10 different types of brands. Yes. That's there. where I was and, going with that was that it, it was when I found, five pro v's i would find three pro v1 x and i would give the x away because i know very well that pro v fits me better than x Uh, you're a good friend well listen i know what they're worth and i'm not trying to make money off my boys but uh maybe my dad i probably should start charging him uh but long story short i found two x's in a row one day and then i lost a couple balls in the water because we're all human and I started playing X and I kept playing it and kept playing it. I was, I think I spun three or four straight back like 30 feet. And I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, I know that the golf ball is useful and, and awesome and expensive, but <laughs> stop. But again, this is why we make different golf balls for different players. Yeah. And so X is not going to give you the type of spin that you're looking for. But now imagine if you're someone who doesn't generate the spin that you do. Right. It's actually helping them get the stopping power that they're looking for. Um, and, and I think that the key there is, you know, do you talk to your fitters about, about what golf ball is right for you? They're very knowledgeable. It can put you in the right ball. And then once you're in it, stay in it. I, I think that that's the hardest thing is that when you switch golf balls, they are going to fly differently, whether it's a seven iron or a pitching wedge, you know, or a four iron there, there are going to be differences with those golf balls between those clubs. So, you know, how, how are you ever going to know how far your seven iron goes? If every time you hit it, you're hitting a different golf ball. Yeah. That was more or less what I was trying to say is it's not that it's a bad golf ball. It's a very, very quality golf ball, but it's really fun to see the difference interaction between the lineup. That was fascinating to me because I know, and, and you can tell the the year and the model based on the different types of arrows on the side, which is very helpful. Yep. Um, but you can, you can see like genuinely see hole to hole. If you switch it up, the, the interaction differences. So I know people will say, well, it's a premium golf ball. It all works the same. I think we're so far away from that now that I wish we need, were. Well, Dan, I wish we were. We need I, we need your help and everybody listening. I should to say us. clearly, the industry is so far away from that. Is we yeah. need to change the mentality as well. Uh, and and I'll, I'll use another example. I got a buddy who plays with us and said and asked me specifically, "Is this particular ball a good one for me?" Uh, because myself and another friend who are higher spin guys were playing, and I said. No, and here's why you're a low spin guy this is actually kind of death for you so let's get you in the next time i find you know two or three pro b1x they'll be coming to you <laughs> yeah that's awesome thank you for doing that i, I think wow. it's just the more education we can continue to get out there and have players actually do what you did which is 
you know your numbers, you know your, your typical ball flight, you see how balls react around the green to be able to hit different golf balls and see how that works. One of the things that, that we tell players a lot when they say, oh, I can't tell the difference between golf balls. You're like, sure you can. Like, just hit them, you know, go start in the putting green, putt two different golf balls. If you putt, you know, uh, an AVX and a left ash, trust me, you can feel how different those are immediately, even with a putter, even at that slow speed, you'll be able so, to feel that difference. So let me circle that back to the marketing side of things, because I know that's a critical piece of uh, providing that education. And and I also know that when it comes to Titleist, very typically when you get into a golf course, if they have quality golf balls, the Titleist will be at the front and it will be front and center for people to purchase. So what can you guys do? Well, and that's what I'm saying is you already you've already presented yourself as viable in every capacity. So what at what point can you continue and and what steps is Titleist doing to continue to educate folks on yes, we want you to play a Titleist but maybe play the right one for you. Yeah, well, if you visit again go to titleist.com, we actually have a golf ball selector tool which makes it really easy to answer a few questions about yourself and it's going to give you a recommendation. We also have online chat availability. We have fitting capabilities. You can even go through a, a, an advanced golf ball fitting if you'd like to do that. Um, we have all of these things that exist to help you really understand for sure which ball is right for you. Not just what I said or what you said or, or what you see in a commercial. Uh, we want to make sure that however deep you would like to go on your golf ball knowledge, we're there to help you because it, it is a big deal. It's the only piece of equipment that you hit with all of your clubs, right? You hit on every shot you're using that golf ball. I love that. It's, uh, I like to see the expansion. I, I firmly believe that there are a lot of different types of golfers out there and the willingness that your team is taking uh, a look at all of it instead of just saying these two are great and we sell a lot. So keep playing them kind of thing. Like that means a lot to me. I, I firmly believe. And, and I think this resonates with the iron fitting process that I went through and the education piece that was there, oh, there's 100%. a clear, there's a clear intent right now from your group. Every say, club fitting yeah. is a golf ball fitting. We, we, we want to make sure that, that anytime you come to see us about getting, you know, questions you have on your golf clubs that we're going to, we're going to help you understand which golf ball should you be in because we get to see you hit all your, your clubs, right? We get to see you hit pitching wedge. We get to hit, see you hit seven iron. We can see you at long irons. If we want, we can ask you to hit driver. We can see how all those things are working and make that that option of okay here's where we want to put you in with golf ball uh i love it what uh what can we expect from the irons is it do you have a set date for launch so on august 3rd is when you're going to see all sorts of of media become available and that's when we that's when you and i and, and everybody else can really talk about what are all the details behind the irons um the reason that we kind of keep that going until now is we want to make sure that each of our markets get a chance to launch them on their global tours, launch them with their next gen players, uh, you know, the top amateurs. And then we, we, and, and also to be fair to all of our media partners and our retail partners, as we say, okay, this is the day it's August 3rd. That's when you can tell everybody everything. So that'll also be the date when you can go in anywhere and get fit for product. And then later in the month, uh, towards the end of August, I think it's the 28th, is when if you want to buy a stock set off the rack, they will be in there. But but again, we, we really encourage everybody, go get fit. Find out what is you, going to be your set of Titleist irons. And I can't wait to hear all the different mixes that exist. I know our, our head of sales, David Kern, who sits right next to me, he has four different irons in his bag, which is great. He's got short irons, T100, 
some mid irons in T150. Then he's got a T200, and he's got a T350 as his four iron. So he's got them. He's got them all in play. And I think we're going to hear a lot of those stories. So excited to see players do that. But really, August third is where they're going to start to to have all that explode. And between now and then, um, you know, sign up, figure out a way to to, to get into a team Titleist event, uh, and you can get a little preview. Or or you can be Dan and and host a award winning podcast and uh, and get fit early. Yeah, I think I won one award on THP for sure. It might have been Big Dill. You gotta love. Yeah, it. And, and we do have we've got a THP contest coming up. So um, I'm not sure if if JB has already posted that or not. I don't want to uh, give that away too much, but we are we're gonna have an awesome um, iron experience this uh, this I guess late summer, early fall. I don't know really what we call September, um, but but Pain, we're gonna have a really basically. cool experience. <laughs> do you have any other uh, crazy stories before you go? Do you have any what? Any other crazy stories, tour, or anything? I think on tour, what's been neat is just to see how fast some of the players have, have adopted things. And and Dan, you were mentioning that you hit the one iron and how the one iron is kind of a fairway wood replacement for you. And we saw that with Ben on. Uh, ben is a, a player who doesn't love fairway woods. The way he delivers a golf club, it doesn't really work for him that well with fairway woods. So he went right into uh, a U505 one iron. He happens to carry a 275. So I'm not sure if your numbers were quite that good. Like Probably I want old one out there, yeah. <laughs> um, but but he's but he's in that camp, and we made U505 really for players who either have that issue where they, they they probably should be playing either high lofted fairway wood or hybrid, but they just they don't like to see face progression. They they don't like to see ball to roll. They want to see more of an iron profile, and uh, it's done it's done quite well uh, on tour. But I, I think. For us, the tour stories have been unbelievable at every level of golf. Tom Kim put the new irons in play right before the U.S. Open and went out and shot a shot a front nine twenty nine at LACC, which was which was pretty incredible. Uh, and we've seen it at every level of golf. So um, we're off and rolling. Really excited. Uh, just can't wait for for everybody else to get a chance to uh, to see these irons because not only are they really pretty, but boy, they perform. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving us the time today to hear a little bit about it before launch, going through my fitting a little bit. That was a lot of fun to do. I appreciate you opening that door up for me. And uh, yeah, let's let's have you back on in a couple months when people get a chance to hit them. Maybe bring on some THP or questions for you to answer. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah, let's yeah. do this in August. Let's uh, right. let's get it, get it fired up. Sounds good. Hey, if you're golfing out there this weekend, have fun. Make it count. Uh, play a Pro V1 if it's the right one for you. If not, give it to a friend and they'll love you forever. <laughs> see you guys next week thp radio on the hackers paradise podcast network your number one source for all things golf subscribe on itunes to never miss an episode